Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of GCC Talk, the weekly podcast from Grace Community Church in Crossville, Tennessee. I'm Jessica and I'm joined today by our awesome ministry super ninja, Teresa Breeding. Woohoo, hello. <laughs> and the queen of all things finances, Sherry Smith. Hi. Jeff is not with us today. We are celebrating and kicking off Women's History Month with an all-lady study in the book of Ruth. Today we'll be in chapter 1 and we'll be reading in the NIV version. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible app handy, you can follow along with us. But before we do that, I would like to ask each of you a random question. Who is the most inspirational woman in your life? Since Sherry's my sister, I'll beat her to the punch. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll say my mama. My mama is the most inspirational because she's probably the toughest woman I know. She's been through a lot of things in her life. That She's been through cancer. She's been through the loss of children. She's been through all kinds of things in her life. And she's just a very strong woman and a strong woman in her faith. And proud oh. she's my mama. She's a sweet lady. Yes. <laughs> okay. Since I can't, I could say my mama and I will say my yeah. mama. And I want to uh, send a question out there. How many of y'all did not know that Teresa and I were sisters? <laughs> yeah, let us know in the comments. Yeah, yeah. let us yeah. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm still the favorite, though. But anyway, <laughs> uh, very inspirational woman in my life, and Teresa's too, would be our Aunt Margie. She mm-hmm. is the sweetest person and so loving and kind. And, and her, along with Uncle Bill, have been... Uh, had a lot to do in in my spiritual walk and and they've uh really guided and supported me in in some tough times and all our family they've just always been there and i just i just always think of her and mom uh when you talk about strong women yeah and she's just beautiful inside and out she absolutely is i agree what about you, Jessica? Uh, mine would be my mama. <laughs> um, she's she's a hard worker. She's worked all the time my entire life. She's always had to work and support for her family and didn't have a whole lot of support from anyone else. And so she's taught me a good work, work ethic, and she's just she's a good lady. She's she always is. there for us, always ready, willing to help somebody, and she just speaks well of people. So I love my mama. We love your mama, too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, I'm going to begin by reading the introduction part of Ruth, which I did not know until today that there is an intro introduction part of every book on the Bible app. If you click on where you're going to choose a, a certain chapter of the Bible app, there's a little eye icon. Mm-hmm. And if you click that, it'll give you um, kind of some background information of why the book was written and some just interesting info. On That's it. handy. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Did not know that. I didn't either. I, I'd always saw the little eye, but I didn't know it was a button. <laughs> um, <laughs> I never but pushed I just, it. Yeah, I just accidentally swapped over and there it was. So, okay, so it says, The short book of Ruth is a bridge between the two major parts of Israel's covenant history. The first part, Genesis through Judges, focuses on how Abraham's descendants became a nation and on the covenant God made with Israel. The second part, Samuel through Kings, tells the story of the nation's kings and the covenant God made with David as the head of Israel's royal line. Ruth helps the transition by opening in the days of the Judges and ending with the genealogy of David. The book appears to have been written to defend David's right to be king. He was the great-grandson of a Moabite named Ruth, 
because the people of Moab didn't help the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. The law didn't permit any descendant of a Moabite to join Israel down to the 10th generation. If they couldn't even join the community, how could one of them serve as king? The book is set up like a drama or stage play. Each scene features a short introduction, then dialogue between the characters. The book ends with a 10-generation genealogy leading up to David. So the form of the book mirrors its purpose, which is to show that genuine faith was present in a woman from a nation whose descendants were normally excluded for 10 generations. The book also shows how God's purposes are accomplished in the world. God's good laws allowing the poor to collect grain in the fields. His providence over events and the personal kindness of people all combined to help the story find a redemptive conclusion. So I was really happy to find that. That was pretty. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty great that's, little intro. Yeah, that's some good information. Yeah. Um, so like we said, we're going to be reading in the NIV version, and we will start with chapter 1, and Teresa is going to begin for us. All right, chapter 1, verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Gilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. She had a hard life. Yes, she did. She lost everybody. Yes, she did. And not too long of a time either, really. No, pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, that, like you said earlier um, in what you read, uh, was about the, the Israelites didn't think highly of the people from Moab because they didn't let them go through their land when they were going um, through to Egypt. And so there was, there was bad blood there anyway. Right. And the Moabites worshiped other gods. And so, um, you know, they went to Moab and then there's a famine and her husband and her kids die. Yeah. And now she wants to return. Right. <laughs> hmm. All right. So it was a bad situation for Naomi. Okay. So we'll go on to the next next section and I'll read there. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back each of you to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, Even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. 
Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the famine's hit, Mm -hmm. and Naomi is heading back Mm -hmm. to Bethlehem. And they may or may not accept her there. She feels, I, I used to read this and think that she was upset and that she thought that God was against her because she had lost her husband and her children. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that she thinks that God is against her because she left, because she left and went to Moab, which was, oh. you know, against her people. Mm-hmm. Which kind of thing you kind of have the feeling that she might feel a little bit convicted by that yeah (laughs) Yeah. and that maybe she didn't want the daughters to go back with her because then the people would see that she allowed her sons to marry Moabite women and they might not like her for that conspiracy (laughs) yeah it's a conspiracy (laughs) yeah well I I mean like I think that it's sad to see how um, because I feel like Naomi was very strong in her faith like because why else would these women be so adamant about wanting to stay with her you know what I mean right and um but like to see that she not only loses her family she loses herself even absolutely and she like she doesn't know she's completely lost hope I mean she even Mm -hmm. says that if there was ever hope for if there was even hope for her (laughs) you know so she's lost hope in this moment but you know I'd like to know uh, and I don't know if we could find that out, if if Ruth had family there. I mean, she says, go back to your family, but it doesn't say anywhere that I see that she had, maybe she didn't have any family left. We, do we know? I don't I don't think that Ruth had any family. Or may I don't know. Maybe she well, did I mean, have family about in What if she did have family? What if she did have a father and a mother, but she was choosing to go, home with Naomi I mean it's very possible because I feel like that she I feel like Ruth had a faith in God that that Orpah didn't have actually the bit that Naomi's faith had carried over to Ruth and that Ruth was ready to just I I feel like that Ruth wanted to run to God more than she even wanted to stay with Naomi like Mm -hmm. I feel like she loved Naomi but I feel like she had fallen in love with God and Mm -hmm. wanted to go and be with his people in his land yeah I think that well I think that's evident by the way that like her character in this that she she was hurting too I mean she lost her husband too and um you know but she was so willing to help someone else in their pain Mm -hmm. and put hers kind of to the side right I was a little bit disappointed in Naomi when she told Orpah to go back and and uh, go back go and worship her, her own gods. Yeah. It's like, that's not a very good witness, Naomi. Right. <laughs> she's not in a very good place. <laughs> yeah, she's in a bad spot. She's yeah. in a bad spot. We can move on. Sherry, will you finish us out? Okay, so the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned 
from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Yeah, see that there again, she, that just proves she lost herself. Like she does, she wants to even change her name. (laughs) Yeah. And she doesn't seem to be recognizable to them. Mm -hmm. Like they should know who she is. They should know that that's her. But is she like so beat down and so weathered and worn Mm -hmm. from everything that they not even sure it's her anymore? Right. That's totally possible. Okay. So what was your biggest takeaway from this story? My biggest one, which at Winter Conference we heard um, Shari King spoke on Naomi and Ruth. And she said that she showed the image of Jesus so much because she was willing to um, stay and deal with her pain second. One of the questions she asked was, where are we in other people's suffering? And Mm -hmm. like there's sometimes there are a lot of people who are going through a lot of things. And where are we in that? Can we can we be a light in their in their darkness like Ruth was to Naomi? Mm, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is easy when people say, well, just, you know, you just go away. I'm good. You just mm-hmm. go and to just go away. Because right. that's the easier thing to do. Orpah did the right. easier thing. She just cut yeah. her ties and went on. Mm-hmm. I think this is a perfect example of when when somebody marries into your family that they become part of your family. Yeah. And it's like yeah. um, I, I am a mother-in-law. It's just amazing the relationship between Naomi and Ruth Mm -hmm. and it not really being a blood relationship. Mm -hmm. But it happens. I do know it happens a lot. Yeah. And I think that, again, speaks to Naomi's character. Like, you know, she had a really big influence and a big impact on those girls, especially Ruth. Yes. And Naomi was a pleasant person because her name means pleasant. Oh. Mara means bitter. Mm -hmm. And Ruth means a friend. Oh, cool. Friend. That's yeah. awesome. That she was. All right. So that will conclude our study of chapter one of Ruth. Um, join us back next week and we will be talking about chapter two. So thank you for joining us. We will see you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.